It's episode three of the Push Record and Run Shallot Records podcast. Uh, so happy to have you with us today because we have one of my favorite people alive right now with us this week. He's one of the sharpest and most well-networked guys roaming around the desert sea of quirky young adults uh, that comprises the Nebraska music scene. His name is Levi Hagen. Uh, our conversation today was very professional compared to the atmosphere that we've fostered in, in some of our previous episodes, partially because Levi and I share this, uh, share this love of developing our own thoughts through unbridled, non-judgmental conversation, but also because Gage Shively was requested but unfortunately unavailable, so he will not be joining us today. Um, it turns out doing this thing weekly is more of a task to wrap our schedules around than I initially thought. So while Gage will be missed, my, my boy Levi is breaking out. He arrived at my place with, with all that big brain and otherwise energy. Uh, or just the whole, the whole energy package. He arrived with a big package full of that energy. So um, we're going to crack open a couple cold ones and uh, speak into the same type of microphone, which is an absolute revelation, which reminds me, the Shallot Record Studio is now in peak form and recording condition. Everything is routed so, so, so streamlined, and it makes me so happy. I would love to have you come down and and try out whatever it is that you're working on. Uh, we have so many tools at our disposal, uh, including uh, lots of tape machines, uh, analog processing. We've got a Moog synthesizer. We've got an entire house drum kit uh, that's all mic'd up and ready to go. Um, lots of different microphones to use. Um, just all kinds of good stuff. So uh, hit us up on any of the shallow social media pages. Um, we would love to help you with your current project. Uh, it's our passion, and we want to um, we want to help you develop yours. Also, this episode is brought to you by the Hub Cafe which is where you'll find me Thursday through Sunday during the week. Uh, it is a sweet little brunch restaurant right off the Antelope Valley Bike Trail on the intersection of 21st and Q Street in the, air quotes, Jane Snyder Trail Center. I am more than happy to give them all the promotion in the world because I freaking love those guys. They also let me put up an awesome poster right outside the restaurant. So while you're there, take a peek at that. Um, and aside from great food and decent coffee, we've got unisex restrooms, big metal live, laugh, love-esque uh, words on the wall. We've got a broken umbrella on the deck, uh, which you shouldn't mess with. And most importantly, big smashable windows adorned with absolutely benign signs uh, that seep that that keep continually making anti-maskers very angry. So, freaking come on down. Check out the festivities. We're open evenings too. We love you, Lincoln. We we really do. And it is because we love you so much, Lincoln, that I am so excited to introduce you to the former rhythm guitarist of the Ashlandian indie band The Way Out, the lead guitarist in the local dream rock band Seymour, and the drummer of Farkelzar, Farkel, Farkelzar, Farkelzar, it's Levi Hagen. Hey. 
it's uptight. Oh, yeah, I mean, I get your point there, but do you really think that these guys can make it through? They're going to have to pull together some serious strategy. I want the point of that ball to be tight, uh, you know? That's my strategy. No, uh, working together, leaning on each other, listening to the if coach. If that ball's tight enough, I'll lean into anything, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it going to be about, you know? These guys say they're going to play, but are they going to play like they're going to win? And if they're going to win, if they didn't play, Winning you know? is about one thing, you know? I, uh-huh. You know this. It's about leaning on something tight. Well, <laughs> there was a lack of enthusiasm involved. Uh-huh. The tightness of the ball. Uh-huh. The tightness of them. Uh-huh. And the spirit. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we're looking forward to the playoff game. Uh. So that was an excerpt from... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was that was so tragic. Levi, how about you tell us what that was? That was an excerpt from the new Farkelzar podcast. Um, it's a sports collective sort of thing where we're gonna be doing commentary on various sports in the most generic way possible, so as we can release them um, prior to any competition. That sounds wonderful. Yes, it um, is. So that was you and Alex speaking. Yeah, Alec Thompson um, from the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> yes, he's a, uh, uh, a d- defensive coordinator. Any Anybody who knows sports is going to be um, very familiar with Alec Thompson and his performance. As a football person uh, and uh, international sports star. Yes. Yeah. Regardless of the sport. How how in the hell did you get Alec on there? Was it How did you collaborate with that? Yeah, so... I just um, started talking, and then that was that. And I sent it to him, and he went into a porta potty at work in his construction job and recorded on his phone. And then I edited them together and wrote a sports-themed backing track to uh, musically accompany our beautiful performance. And uh, that's all. Wow. You know, that just goes to show that you can do literally anything remote. It sounds exactly like something that you might find on ESPN. When I first listened to that, wait, did you pitch your voice down? Uh, no, I just have an extremely deep voice. <laughs> 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 yeah. Obviously. Well, did you pitch Alec down? <laughs> well, you know, it's all about teamwork and tight. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. What? Okay, so what's crazy about you is that, first and foremost, um, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Yeah, uh, I want. So I want to hear more about yourself. Yeah. So I started playing the drums when I was about twelve years old, and I picked up the guitar when I was thirteen. And uh, you know, soon I was like, the bass is a thing too. So then that was a thing, and uh, basically just anything that I. I, I try not to put limits on myself, and it's been like a lifelong dream of mine to be able to pick up any instrument and kind of, you know, be able to hold my own with like a band, just because I think it's so fun to, you know, make art with other people, so. Yeah, I, I was I was reading an interview with Stu McKenzie recently, um, and he was talking about how his motivation for making music wasn't to um, make the most complex music as possible or to, you know, eventually be in a band that was doing successfully, 
um, but to be able to uh, go to a jam session and be as competent as you would need to be in a jam session and to jump around to any instrument that you would need to be on and uh, and jam with anybody else in the room. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I, I think um, as a musician, I've always been a person who was um, admirable of those who could play as few notes as possible and get kind of the feeling across. And I've always been into the catchy riffs. I think that that's always been kind of my place. And uh, I've kind of moved towards a songwriter kind of role instead of, uh, like, not instead of, but just, like, on, in addition to being a, you know, contributor to other groups. So When you say songwriter role, um, what what does that mean to you? Because there's, there's so many different things that you could do as a songwriter, you know. I mean, it, you know, it might, it might be, uh, well, I, I guess, I guess my main question is, what is your, what is your process for songwriting and how, how do you, uh, fit that into an entire entire band you know how do, sure. how do you how do you form a band around your vision well if i knew i would tell you because <laughs> here i am writing songs <laughs> and no one's playing them but me and no one hears them but me but um i don't know i i've always fancied myself a person who's pretty good at putting together parts and the more i learn about other instruments i learn kind of like the roles that they play and what like, even when we record with Farkelzar, it's like I'm basically, like, breathing down everyone's neck and, <laughs> and trying to regulate that within myself, trying not to be too hands-on about it. But Yeah, um, creative control is, is, a, is a touchy thing. Yeah, it is, definitely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to take away anyone's freedom, but I love the way that rhythmically... I mean, I have a rhythmic tendency because I started out playing the drums, so... Um, Basically, like if things drive together in the, the, the grand sense of things, then it feels so good to me that I'm like, hey, you know, this bass line, Hunter, could be a little bit uh, groovier with this kick drum. And then, yeah, you know, dude. And I, I feel like that's the, if you're going to write songs as an entire band, that is by far the best way to go about doing it, you know, to to not to not uh, completely usurp somebody's role as a guitarist or a bassist or in our case, a harmonica player, and be like, oh, you should do this, but not uh, explain how it's going to fit into the rest of the band. Yeah, it's you know? really hard to be, um, like, to, to offer your opinion and suggestions to your bandmates while also kind of balancing, like, your own personal role because everybody has ideas over the way that things should be, and I don't mean to step on anyone in any way, and I... I tend to be a person who's pretty active with the uh, I'm, I'm very outspoken and uh, not that it's negative to not be a person who's just like very forward with their ideas. But um, I don't want people to feel like I think my way is that it's like my yeah. way or the highway. I just I just, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I have this idea and then, you know, well, it, sh it shows that you're invested, you know, sure, because it's it's way better to be in your position where you're like. You care so much about the music that you want to see this, that, or the other thing happen to it. Um, whereas, as opposed, I, I struggle with the role of being passive, you know, and just mm. letting letting the rest of the band figure out what's going on. And of course, I care about my instrument. Of course, you know, but it's um, it's it's easy it's easy to just let whatever is going to happen happen with the rest of the band uh, without giving some sort of input 
uh, correlated to the way that you're playing your instrument, you know? Yeah. Because if everybody does that, then everybody's on the same page and the song comes out so much better than if you were to, uh, if you were to like uh, completely all do your separate parts um, independently and then come in. Uh, sure. And th- I feel like that's kind of the way that we started Farkles are in a way, you mm-hmm. know? Where like we all came in and we all did our part and there was very little interaction between uh, I mean, a songwriting interaction between mm-hmm. the bandmates. And so it, it feels really good when you have a bunch of bandmates who not only are invested in their part, but also are willing to uh, give their advice on other other people's parts. Sure. Um, I think that a lot of that. I mean, if you want to look at it in the grand scheme of things, I think that it comes down to being on the same page as to what the goals are of your group you know i mean farkles are has been kind of different from groups that i've had in the past just because it um it's like fun forward and music second i mean we're not like not trying to make good music but we're trying to make stuff that makes us feel good and feels good to us and helps other people get in the vibe and feel good too and so um, we're not necessarily looking for like the coolest or the best or the most hip or et cetera. Yeah. We're, we're just trying to make it convey our feeling the best as possible. Right. Like our, our, uh, collaborative mutual feeling that we push toward everything. I remember talking with Sam, uh, and he was like, I feel like the best groups out there are, uh, are the ones that are spearheaded by one individual's artistic mission. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's so, there's so many bands out there yeah. and, and it, and it, when there's an artistic genius like that, that is the baseline for everything else that comes after that, then well, it, it makes it really fucking easy <laughs> because then only one person has to do all the work for that. Yeah. But it's also very single minded. Sure. You know? Um, yeah. I, I mean, Farkles are, I mean, me and Mark and you have been trying to make music for a while and we got together and jammed with a lot of different people. But um, the second that Alec Thompson stepped on the scene, it was <laughs> like <laughs> the direction was clear. I mean, Alec is a visionary and we are tools to his um, fruition almost. But the best part is he doesn't see himself as a visionary, you know? No, of course not. <laughs> he sees himself I I mean I can't speak for him, but he's he, a driveler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He only he almost sees himself as a rapper, you know? Yeah. Um he's, he's just making it happen. Yeah. I mean, he uh, the great thing about Alec is that he'll take uh uh an instrumental piece that we put forth and then he will hear the uh the vibe of it. Right, and then come up with lyrics that make sense with the rest of the instrumental and like something that fits with it, and then basically uh, scream rap over it. <laughs> with you know, and that's that's yes. not that's not to uh, to down any of, no. of Alex's vocal ability because it's absolutely not. Like it's 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 truly it's truly astonishing to hear somebody who wouldn't consider themselves a vocalist or even a rapper get up. And throw down some sick rhymes that just make so much sense with everything else that's going on in the song, you know? Yeah, the thing about Alec is he just doesn't he doesn't put a cap on himself or what the goals are for the group. He's he's not thinking about what other people think. He's yeah. not thinking about what 
would make sense. He's not thinking about what he's thinking about pure art. He's thinking about what feels good and what he comes up with ends up being like a, a cumulative vision of kind of the song and unifies us. And yes, yeah. um, something super valuable. I mean, when I was in the way out, I mean, Mari would bring a lot of songs in and we would kind of each contribute a little bit to them. And they were always, it would always like bring it into this next kind of level of, of kind of fruition kind of stuff that was happening. And it would make those songs, you know, really come together. And that was an amazing thing to be a part of. And now with Farkles are, it's kind of the same, except for Alec doesn't come forward with the song. He comes into the song and brings it to the next level almost in a reverse way and you know alec had no experience prior with any groups people who know alec prior were like wow you know he he's doing music he's not the guy i would expect to be in a band (laughs) and he's just you know shredding the harmonica and flailing all over the place and we're like yes please awesome dude. please continue doing that <laughs> he's he's the embodiment of everything that we really want farkles are to be it's true also uh could you uh bring your mic just a little further up towards your face just tilt it up just a little bit so you're like speaking oh. directly into the cone tight cone the cone thunderdome <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh what i wanted to say uh about the thing about Alec is that, you know, we, we talked about how we sort of give each other input in terms of um, our, our our separate instrumental parts, mainly because, you know, both of us play basically all of the all of the instruments in the band, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but we kind of leave him to his own devices when coming up with that stuff. And it all seems it always seems to work out. You know, there's a song. There's a song on the upcoming uh, Farkles R release. It's a live release, and it's a demo that we recorded. It actually in the room that we're in right now. It's called Serpentine, uh, and and Serpentine has this has this kind of cool breakdown. And I I figured out this really funky like guitar. <laughs> it's, 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 yes, it's so cool. It sounds pretty cool, and yes. I was really happy with that. But Alec is is shout rapping over the top of that, and amazingly despite his 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 lack of musical endeavor history right it it complements all of the different parts of the song and he's very staccato with all of his raps and it just lines in there super nice uh one thing that i was talking about with uh with cam or uh, cj uh from distressed damsels recently uh was if you want your lyrics to pop out, try making it more staccato, you know? Sure, Um, yeah. And Alec, he, you know, being unbridled as a creative force um, leads Alec to be someone who, you know, I mean, he sees it as something that's ready to become the full product. And he sees the finishing touches and he puts them there yeah and you know uh i know some some songwriters they will write the vocal part basically uh, the first or the second thing that they do you know and with farkles are it's more like uh the vocal the vocal part is just the cherry on top 
for the rest of the song. Yeah, and that's very different from the way that I personally write music because when I'm writing a song, it's usually something that is um, something that I write with kind of a rhythmic or, you know, such instrument. So it's like a ukulele or guitar and I'm singing over the top of it and I'm kind of coming up with the lyrics kind of as I go and writing the song as I go. And then when I'm done, it's like kind of a finished vocal and uh, maybe guitar accompaniment or something like that. Yeah. And from there, I layer in the parts. And uh, with with The Way Out, it was kind of similar, but this is very different from that and even very different from my experiences with Seymour, not because like I'm not involved with Seymour or their writing process or et cetera, but you know, when it comes to my part in that group, it's... Um, you know, the songs come to me and they're like, hey, you know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And it's just that creative freedom just lends itself into like when a song that you've written has most of its vision figured out and you allow someone to put something on there. If it's the right person for the track, it can really take it to the next level. Um, I know I keep saying that, but really it 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 can you have an outside almost you have an outside opinion kind of that is also contributing so when it comes to you it's like you see it for what it is and not as the person who's in your head and when i'm the person who's writing the song and adding all the parts to the song after i've written the song it seems like it's kind of hard to be the person who can see it for the product of what it is and then bring it to what it seems like it's going to be because I don't see my songs as somebody else. I see my songs as like something personal and yeah. something that I'm creating actively and what it means to me, but I don't see it as like a genre. I don't see it as a kind of a cage match no. uh, with different types of music, which a lot of people are trying, no offense to anyone who's writing music to a genre, but you know, when I'm writing music, it's just whatever happens happens and if somebody else could contribute to it and bring it into what it is then that's amazing yeah do you write as so you said uh, that you write lyrics as you go sure um do you kind of have a conceptual theme or do you basically come up with the theme as it goes i know mm-hmm. kurt, kurt cobain talked about at one point uh he was like i basically figure out what the meaning of my lyrics are after the fact Wow, that's really interesting. I've never heard him say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything, whatever. But anyway, well, I mean, y- like, y- you listen, you listen to freaking, you know, uh, lounge act or drain you. Sure, you know, and and you can basically anybody can construe their own meaning from the songs, mm-hmm. from the songs lyrics, and that's why they're so universal because they they apply so deeply to everybody who listens to them. But they have su- they you know their meanings are easily construed differently by each individual person. Yeah, that's definitely a balance that I've had to strike myself as like I do. I'm a person who writes using kind of sort of uh, subconscious, like automatic writing, automatic writing, the the Freudian concept. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows whatever the way out to (laughs) automatic writing. It was based on uh, kind of that concept, too. And that means a lot to me. It really does, because, you know, when I'm writing, that's one of the ways that I can really get in touch with how I feel is like just write and try not to think about it. Like I started this song group where we started writing like a song a day in like 15 minutes. And it was the shitty song a day group. And we just 
you know, like 20 or so songwriters just got together and every day we just write a terrible song. And that's kind of the point is when you're trying to write a song and you are caught up in kind of the vision you have for it, it can really limit you in kind of a perfectionist way. And then you get into this trap of like, this isn't what I imagined it to be and this isn't what it should be and I'm not writing the right words. And so like yeah. we were all stuck and that's kind of been something that's allowed us to, um, you know, feel out just just throw something down you know they say some of the best songs were written in like five minutes and you yeah. know i i identify with that that quote that you had from kurt cobain because like i write a song and i feel like i'm in touch with my feelings after i write the song right because i write the song and then i read it back and i'm like wow that's about something really important in my life right now and i didn't realize that i was writing about like this breakup or that relationship with my friend or this sort of uh, struggle that I'm dealing with like when I read it back I'm like I really did write a song about that and then I reflect on it and it means a lot to me so yeah when I'm writing it's really that's kind of why I haven't released anything yet it's hard <laughs> for me to it's hard for me to release anything just because I feel like I'm writing for me I'm not writing for someone else I'm writing as a form of reflection and um, I do figure out that I was writing a song about something afterwards yeah for sure um, so, you know, sometimes I go home at night and I'm thinking about a specific concept or, or something that happened in my day and I'll, I'll sit down in bed before I go to, before I go to sleep and basically write down an entire set of poetry that mm -hmm. reflects what I was thinking or, or try to get down all of those thoughts within a rhythmic sense. Um, mm -hmm. but often when I, when I go back and try and write a song with those, something you know uh, the sil the, the syllables don't match mm -hmm. or it's really difficult to fit them in and make them sound mm -hmm. good with the uh like the vibe of the music it's hard to capture the vibe that you felt when you were writing the words yeah and i i tend to write in like a very like stringent like uh stanza based kind of way and it's just because I'm like super pattern oriented, I think. But yeah. I'm like writing like, oh, A, B, A, B, these things rhyme, whatever. But um, right. yeah, in the end, it just comes together to be something that's um, like I find if I write the lyrics beforehand, if I write a poem that really means something to me and I'm not writing a song with it as I go, it's really hard for me to like put a song that feels that way to it because I have to be creating from the song and the song has oh, to be yeah. creating from my poetry and then they meet together in the middle but if yeah. i don't write them together then it it comes out like it's not satisfying to me personally right and so those are the types of songs which i wouldn't really feel comfortable releasing because those songs don't feel genuine and r reflectionary of the things that i'm actually feeling when i was writing that poetry yeah, and there, you know, there's another element to that as well, and it has to do a lot with the producing. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to to Big Thief's Two Hands, that album. Mm -hmm. There's a song called "Not" on there, and uh, you know, a lot of the lyrics, the 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 production is very is very much like they had mics placed all around a room, and they were collecting the sound of the room while the mm -hmm. band was performing live. Um, and then the the lyrics also are very organic lyrics you know mm -hmm. none of they're they're almost uh, uh antiquated lyrics you know mm -hmm. one of them goes um it's not it's not the fire laughing at the creek you know just yeah. lines lines like that are they're so applicable to so many things 
and they, I don't know, they're they're e- they're again easily interpretable, um, yeah. by many different types of people. Uh, also, I really have to pee right now, so I'm, I also have to. Pee okay, right let's now. let's t- go to UNL slash live in Lincoln. There is a huge gap and disparity between the people who might want to see music. I truly believe that there is something in Nebraska music for every person. No matter if you're a fan of music, no matter what genre, there is something in Nebraska that will oh, yeah. it will impress you. It will take you, it will make you a fan. It will bring you to these shows. But we have to facilitate an atmosphere where those people feel welcome even though they don't know anyone. And as weird as it might seem to someone who's directly in the music scene, like it has to feel like something that outsiders are welcome to. So that's why a bar makes sense to people because it's a public kind of thing that no individual group quote unquote owns. Right. And so, you know, it's not a frat party and it's not a, you know, DIY indie boy (laughs) house show. Like it's like, and it's not at the bar. So all these people might be there and ignoring it and just drinking like, you know, more power to them, but they're not interested in the music. So dude, the, the thing about indie show or like house shows is that the pressure is off, you know. It's true. Uh, to to you know, people feel more at home, uh, when they're in somebody else's, you know, just living space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the thing about the thing about the Mez is it almost seems like it's uh it's another, it's another um, it's like a welcome home space. I yeah. mean, for basically anyone, and that's really the goal for it is just that everyone feels welcome and we have a community of people who respect each other for their individualism and they allow each other to be themselves, you know, as long as they're respectful to each other and that we just make sure that we have a platform for local music that's accessible um, to a variety of people and continue to promote and grow that. Yeah, of course. And, you know, uh, safety is another huge thing, especially Mm -hmm. when, when there's like a bunch of kids who uh, we don't want to expose the the underbelly of um, the sort of the culture that's you know, potentially fostered by the music scene in sure. terms of, of substance use. Yeah. Um, you know, so they can come to the Mez and, and see what kind of wholesome activities are available when you're not ingratiated into that sort of imbibist i don't know if that's a word <laughs> you know <laughs> well you know i mean it's like all music for all time like man let's get high and jam yeah let's get drunk and dance let's right. whatever and it doesn't a- have to include that yeah you know? and we can dance and we can jam and we can do all that and make it a place that is welcoming and safe and free of those things and yeah people can make those decisions on their own time but the Mez is meant to be a place to be independent of those things. Dude, yeah. And speaking of dancing, there's literally n- – I I can't think of another place where you can go and dance. Where is the dancing? Where is the dancing? There's I no fucking the dancing. dancing, dude. I mean, I watch videos of people, like, all grooving to the twist and shout and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, the Mez has had a couple little shindigs here and there where we just have, you know – people coming out and dancing and enjoying it. And I just think that like, if it's not a club or if it's not a, you know, a 
EDM-centric or alcohol-centric thing, then people have a hard time feeling comfortable in that scenario and welcomed because they feel like they, you know, they can't express themselves in that way. But I feel, I, I really hope that we can serve that space, you know, make it so people feel comfortable expressing themselves and getting yeah. down to the music no matter what. Dude, I know. I there was uh, there's this popular documentary that's on Netflix right now. Uh, mm. I think it's called "What a Long Strange Trip It's Been." It doesn't have anything to do with the Grateful Dead, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it, it's basically like documenting tons of people's experiences with psychedelics. Mm. And one of one, uh, celebrities, you know, so like Sting was on there, and like that's uh, just a ton of other musicians. But one of them, uh, one of the celebrities was Rosie Perez, mm. and she talks about going out to a club. And she was raised super Catholic, but she goes out to a club just to dance mm. in the 80s. And I was like, what? And she, she felt terrible because somebody – somebody, well, not accidentally, but somebody slipped her some sort of psychedelic. And she was, so she was, like, describing her experience on that. Mm. But, uh, dude, I want to freaking – I want to freaking foster an environment where people can just go out and freaking dance, you know? And the yeah. fact that we not only have indie bands on there, but also have uh, DJs like Zarkalore mm -hmm. who just, you know, come in and do either the last set or the first set of the night, it's fucking tight. Yeah. You know? I think I think it doesn't have to be an independent thing from those things. I mean, people... I feel like there is an atmosphere where you can go to dance, but people are just used to, like top 40 dance songs and like they're going out to dance but like maybe they just like you know have a few drinks to get loose and then yeah they, you know they dance to some kanye and that's the way it is and you know but it doesn't have to just be that way and i you know i'll guarantee you if you're a kanye fan there's probably something you'd like still i mean yeah. any type of music you're gonna get down to if right. you i just feel like people don't understand how welcoming and broad in um general interest the music scene is uh overall just because they feel like it's like a tight community right and they're used to more like sectioned off communities but they feel like you know these are indie people if i don't dress the right way if i don't oh, be like man. mac demarco i have to dress like mac demarco yeah, to be dude. like in the music scene and broken in his shit hats and like yeah you have to wear jeans. converse have to and, wear oh. yeah and and i've had friends who love local music and they're love to be a part of it but they're like i'm not wearing wearing the right outfit to come to that yeah. like i'm not dressed dude. right but they think somehow that's really important but the i think the hallmark of our local music scene is acceptance. Yeah. Like no matter who Zero you are. Zero barriers to entry. Yeah. If you you're just a, come in and, and just enjoy, fucking enjoy yourself. If you're man. a nice person who cares about other people and you're respectful and you're just there to have a good time and you just smile at people and just enjoy it, then yeah. it does. it's not going to be a problem for you. You just yeah. will. You'll love it. Really, yeah, and you know, I I feel like it's inevitable that there are gonna be some people like I I when I when I started working at the Hub Cafe, uh, I used to come there like every day wearing like a mm. golf shirt, you know, and, like <laughs> sure you know, some sort of um, Under Armour Nike golf apparel. Hey, because nothing wrong with that, but yeah, that was all. No, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, there's nothing mm. wrong with that. But um, you know, nobody who. But None you of the felt like you had to. I, f I, f I, I slowly felt self-conscious about wearing that kind of stuff, partially because so many of my employees gave me crap for dressing like a country club kid. 
you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was so yeah. frustrating. Was Image so frustrating. seems to be so important to people, but really, I mean, in the words of, um, you know, God forbid, I don't know the name of the person who wrote this song, but the song Express Yourself, he says uh, something, let me paraphrase, it's not what you look like when you do what you're doing, it's what you're doing when you look like you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, you should do the thing that you want with your heart and feel good. As long as you're being respectful, you should dance and not worry about, like, what you look like and et cetera. And I know that seems like a big stretch, but really, these people are there for self-expression and they're there to support each other. And you don't have to worry about what your image is because everyone yeah. is themselves and it's not about what you look like because what you look like does not determine who you are no dude and it's it's a, such a super superficial thing as it well is. i i wish that i could help that somehow and i think that that's another kind of vision of the mess it's just like allowing different communities of people to come together and intersect over a love of you know what's happening there and music as a whole art art as a whole we have a lot of visual artists and they're they're fantastic and i'm yeah, so man. glad that they love to be a part of it shout out to they, alice richter man yeah, <laughs> she's always the best she's <laughs> she does a lot of visual art for the mez and also contributes in other ways but yeah dude yeah and when we were designing the mez um like we had so many it's the mess is basically like a concrete box, you know? Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I a mean, basement on the second floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. Like the, the the concrete ripples in the ceiling and the and the yeah. and the floor which is practically with nails destroyed. hanging out. Yeah, with <laughs> nails hanging out. And the great thing about the nails, dude, is that we found use for them. You're we like stuff hung, from those. Yeah, we hung stuff. And like disco ball. Dude, yeah, and we we made it such an acceptable place for anybody of any denomination or sect of the music mm. community to feel at home. Yeah, and I mean, it's about a variety show. I mean, we try and put together shows that bring together communities, no matter what communities they are. I mean, if these communities, we have rap slash metal slash emo slash EDM shows. Oh yeah, I man. want those people to find music across genres that feel how they want i mean you can find a hardcore edm artist to play with a hardcore band and yeah. they both feel the same gusto in your heart they both yeah. elicit these same feelings yeah dude that's a that's a great fucking thing about music man i can listen to some math rock song or artist you know it's it and it'll i'll feel the same way if i'm listening to like the mountain goats or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm pretty obsessive about my playlist curation on spotify yeah i mean i'm like i'm putting like waylon jennings with metallica yeah, and i'm man. like this is my high school football playlist like, <laughs> <laughs> like i want to feel this very specific way and then we put that into like the mess you know i mean people who they spend all their time listening to like uh, what's that group of people with the it's a huge rap group oh who... the dem kids no no sorry those guys are great though yeah <laughs> but um oh brockhampton Brock Hampton. yeah yes. so you know you can put those those people who are huge brockhampton fans with people who um they you know they like we've got like hardcore kind of bands and you know 
jazzy, bluesy bands around here. And you can bring those people into that scenario where they, you know, they don't they don't have the perspective to know that like there's oh, sorry about, well, <laughs> you know, no, we're not trying to judge. We're not, you know, yeah, I'm not trying people. to judge them. Yeah. But, you know, it's like people, they they haven't experienced that type of music in person. And then they see someone yeah. who's like putting together. They are also influenced by that same group. Yeah, that, that person's into. And I feel like local artists, they just don't have the resources or the um, kind of promotional abilities or sometimes even the like money to put behind like musical production yeah. to put into something that could put that in front of the people who would like them. Right. And so when we're able to bring someone in who likes like Brockhampton and they come in and they're like, wow, I really like this industrial hardcore EDM slash rock band who makes, you know, of course, I'm talking about pagan athletes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Brockhampton fans like pagan athletes, but who doesn't like pagan athletes? Sorry. Yeah, honestly, I haven't met a single person who has anything bad to say about pagan athletes. <laughs> They're so cool. They're but, so fucking cool. Man. You know, it's that's just the thing is like there's this intersectionality that goes beyond um, like sex yeah. of uh, culture that. I just want to continue to promote at the Mez and I want it to become a bigger thing where we can, you know, encourage people to be a part of music themselves when they feel like maybe it's something that is intangible that they'd love to be a part of, but they or again you know, that there's barriers to entry to it. Yeah, you know? like they're like not they can't do it because they're not good, so yeah. they can't be good. Right. I can't play guitar and this guy can. And so right. I won't because yeah. that's his job. Right. But, you know, if you started to write music, you might make the song that changed somebody's mind about music, period. Straight up, man. I, I you know, I think about, uh, I don't know, bringing up interviews from different people, but I think about Mac DeMarco, and he was talking about uh, how uh, his his main motivation for becoming a musician was the culture that went on within his own friend group, mm. you know? And, like, there were some people who were good at guitar, and whoever was best at guitar was the guy, you know? <laughs> and so... so I that, see that. that. Yeah, that was his motivation to, like, become really good. And so he had this own drive towards something that was internal. Uh, and he eventually created, you know, just like in his basement apartment with his neighbors complaining, the album too, and it fucking exploded sure. as it should, because it's fucking awesome. And <laughs> and it was just purely a passion project. Yeah, I mean, it it can be that way nowadays. Music is more accessible than it's ever been. Yeah. you can make a song on GarageBand in 15 minutes every single day, and it can be garbage. But you know, I'd say like two of those. 10 songs are going to be pretty cool and then you can take those i mean it goes into songwriting you make a demo you can call that a demo you make a demo you take that and you bring it together with another group and you talk about it and then you're like this part's a little long this part's a little short and you add another part or you bring alec thompson in and he pulls it all together but <laughs> <laughs> overall like it can become something bigger than you thought it could and yeah. it's really just about being willing to be a part of that and trying to be unafraid. And that is what I want the Mez to be. I want to show people that they're capable. I want to show people that there's a community of people who, you know, they maybe they didn't know how to play music before. And right. now they do because they were just, they saw 
that other people their age were playing music and they were like, I can play two chords on a guitar and right. then they write a song on it. And Dude, then, yeah. Or even fucking find bandmates, you know? Yeah. Like, you go to the Mez and, like, meet some random people who are into, like, you, you'd be like, oh, have you listened to these guys? And they'll be like, yeah, dude, I love those guys. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, let me send you a demo of something that I'm working on. Yeah. And then, event, you know, you come over and it's just, this starts this whole fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, I... I can speak to that personally because when I was younger, I mean, I was playing with The Way Out and we got invited to play at Lucy's Pub in Omaha. Dude, yeah. And oh my gosh, bless that place. Rest in peace. An amazing spot of community. Uh, Dave Magoo really put together something that, uh, you know, among others, that could become, you know, a community and bring people together. And I met Mark Champion from Varkalzar there. Just we were talking about Lucy's that last pub. week. Yeah, you introduced me to Mark yeah, at Lucy's at fucking Lucy's pub. pub. And it was only because we were there and we all love music and we were like, this is really cool. Hey, do you think this is cool? Of course I think this is cool. Yeah. What do you think is cool? Well, I like it like this because I like this band. <gasps> I like that band too. Oh my yeah, gosh, we man. should start a band around that. And then we just jam and it's cool. And, you know, a lot of my friends, a huge portion of my friends are from – you know, people I've met there and at surrounding places, and I would be nowhere really without Lucy's Pub and, you know, the people I've been able to meet through the music scene and the community that's fostered there, the super welcoming kind of, you know, organic stuff that's happening there of people who care about each other and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm just hoping that we can foster that organic sort of nature at the mess right. and continue to push that. Man, you know, what? one of my favorite things about music is the fact that it's so emotional and uh, emotional um, similarities amongst people are one of the main things that create friendships. Yeah. So when you share your music that you think is great with somebody and they have a similar taste in music, it, there's an immediate emotional satisfaction that you get, not only from your similarity in music, but you'll slowly find that they have the same sort of emotional experiences that that's you true. have and even if um you share music with them that's yours or someone else's that you think is terrible yeah and uh <laughs> but you you know maybe you're insecure about it or something but you feel bold enough to share it yeah man then they might surprise you i mean right it's that's part of the thing too is just like feeling like you can be welcomed as an individual because right. everyone is an individual and you know as cliche as it sounds uh everyone is doing their own thing and as much as they're trying to pretend like they're everyone else everybody has something unique to them that they can relate with others over and that is uh part of you know what brings people together in those scenarios so Dude, yeah oh man <laughs> Yup. Yup. Man, that's good shit. Uh, well, you know, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Red Hot Chili Peppers are the greatest band that ever existed. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> Except for Super Ghost. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit that Quiet Riot is the best band that ever existed, full stop. They're and not Super Ghost. They're not Super Ghost. Shout out to Super Ghost for oh. making me feel like I could do it. Yeah. Because you can. I can. You yeah. can. Anyone can. Anybody it's fucking can. It's just man. about making time for something that you love 
and being willing to engage with others who have that dream. And it's not about, you know, engaging with them maybe directly because you already know what you want, but just like talking to people, like being able to form a community. I'm a huge proponent of community. I talk and talk about it, but, you know, it's because that sort of thing makes you feel like you're not alone. You're not the only person who wants to make music but hasn't. You're not yeah. the only person who wants to make music and your music sucks yeah. in your own brain or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you, I make a shitty song every day, and most of them are shitty. And even the ones that are good are still <laughs> shitty. But right. the thing is, when it comes down to it, somebody likes my shitty song, and sometimes it's me and sometimes it's not. But when we talk about it, then we kind of discuss what's good, what's not good, what we like, what we don't like, and it comes together to be something more. Right. And that's the foundation to build, you know, something bigger. I mean, we were talking about the Mez from the beginning, just what what it could be and what it could serve as and and how, you know, before the Mez, there was a lot of local music happening still, but it was uh, kind of dwindling a little bit. I mean, the commons in Lincoln, they were huge and Fucking fantastic. Fucking awesome spot, yeah. man. But they, unfortunately, they dwindled out a little bit because, uh, you know, circumstance. And uh, we saw this hole, and my friend uh, Dwight Miller, who plays in a group called Otos on the other side. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was my roommate freshman year, and he was like, you know, we could put together something like that. And he was actually one of the foundational people who made me feel confident in in trying to put together a group of people to make something like that happen and luckily i mean things just fell together but yeah. um you know it was communicating about that idea with people around me that made something like that happen so don't be afraid to share your dreams with the people around you because yeah. you might be surprised that other people have also thought about that but they just feel limited by being alone yeah. And you're not alone. No matter what it is, you're not alone. It's true, man. I, you know, we both went to um, rural high schools. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and I, I didn't have anybody who, I, I was the only person save like three other people in my school of, you know, my graduating class was like 60 people. So I didn't have yeah, the chance same. to form a community of people who were all like, oh, music is cool. And I right. know what you know, but. I was like the only people who was into the bands that I was into. Yeah. And, you know, I was lucky enough to find Mari Chrysler, Sam Chrysler, uh, Blake Tavarskis, just a group of people yeah, around me who uh, were into the same stuff I was into and it developed into something more. But it was it's it really starts with being able to stand behind yourself, stand yeah. behind, you know, what your love is and what your vision is and the difference and the impact that you want to make. And even if it's not like on other people or on yourself, you know, it it's just like you have to be unafraid to embrace what you love. And I struggle with that myself. I'm not trying right. to tout myself as like no. the Jesus of being able to embrace my local music. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's got to be something that you're not afraid to love yourself for. Because right. you are an individual and your differences are what make you you. Yeah. And there are other people who feel that way and want to embrace it. Your own personal human experiences are are exclusive to you. And just because of that fact, they are extremely valuable. Yeah. So And also probably not entirely unique. Yeah. I mean, no. You, 
Yeah, you've for got sure. people feeling similar ways and they're ready to share it, but they might be just afraid as you are. Exactly. So on that note, thank you, Levi. Oh, thank you, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it's you been are, great. Yeah, dude. It it really has. Um, you're such a, a vast well of wisdom and knowledge, dude. As if. Oh my gosh. No, you're so, so sweet. Straight up, oh my man. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Air kisses back and forth. <laughs>